Let's pray. Father, we bow down before you, Lord God, this morning. We say, Father, this is your time, and these are your people. Lord, we are in your presence, and we ask, Lord God, that you will speak to us this morning. Lord, we thank you that you are a God that speaks. You are a God that hears us. You are a God that answers our prayers. So, Father, as we gather in your presence to worship you, Lord, we ask, Lord God, that you'll reveal your heart for us, Lord. Show us the way, your God, that you want us to go. And, Lord, I pray that you will speak to us, O Father, through your word. And, Lord, I pray that your word will fall in good ground. Lord, I pray that the enemy will not come and steal your word, O Father, from us. But, Lord, we will nurture your word and that, Lord, it will help us to grow. Lord, I pray that we'll meditate upon it day and night. For you say, Lord God, that we should meditate upon it day and night, O Father, that it should not depart from our lips, Lord. So as we come, Lord God, I pray that, Lord God, we will be here with you, O Father. Lord, many things are happening around us. Lord, many things, Lord God, try and steal our attention, Father. But, Lord, we say, have your place, Lord God, in our lives. Be the number one, Lord God, in our lives. We thank you, Father. We exalt your name. For you alone, O God, are worthy. You alone are mighty. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, continue uh, on Genesis chapter 21 from verse 22 to 34. Um, kind of struggling to see a little bit, uh, firstly because my glasses are not very clean, and uh, secondly because uh, I have got a migraine that just uh, attacked me as I came out of the prayer room this morning. So I'll try and read what's on here. If I read something else, uh, just uh, tell me it's not there. Okay. So verse 22 says, And it came to pass that Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now, therefore, swear to me by God that you'll not deal falsely with, with me, with my offspring, or with the posterity, but according to the kindness that I've done to you, and you will do to me and the land in which I've dwelt, in which you have dwelt. And Abraham said, I will swear. Then Abraham rebuked Amalek. Abimelech, because of the well of water which Abimelech's servants had seized, Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing, and you did not tell me, nor had I had it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two made a covenant. Abraham took seven ewe lambs of flock by themselves. Then Abimelech asked Abraham, what is the meaning of these seven new lambs which you have set them which you have set by themselves? And he said, You will take these seven new lambs from my hand, that they may be my witness that I have dug this well. Therefore he called that place Besheba, because the two of them saw an oath there. Thus they made a covenant in Besheba, 
So Abimelech rose and rose with Phicol and the commander of his army, and they returned to the land of the Philistines. Then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Bethsheba, and there called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines for many days. Amen. So we first meet Abimelech in chapter 20, uh, where Abraham tells him that Sarah is his sister. And I'm sure we'll remember that the same thing happened again in, in Egypt, where Abraham told Pharaoh that Sarah was his sister. So in both occasions, Pharaoh and Abimelech took Sarah uh, for themselves as their wife but that had consequences for both of them. In Abimelech's case, his wife and his female servants were all punished by that they could not have children up until God spoke to Abimelech and told him that he needed to repent from what he had done. And he goes to Abraham and Abraham prays for him and they are restored. Abimelech is a pagan king, but he is a God-fearing king. We see that when he is told to do something, he acts swiftly, and God restores him. So, in chapter twenty-two, in verse chapter twenty-one, rather in verse twenty-two, Abimelech says to Abraham, "God is with you in all you do." So he has been observing Abraham as he as he's dwelt in his land. And he sees the favor of God that is up upon him. However, he has not forgotten what Abraham has done to him previously. He has deceived him. So he's coming to him and he's asking that he, make, he makes an oath with him so that he will not deceive him again. So he is looking at how he is living. And he does not want the events of the past to repeat themselves. He's looking at his lifestyle, the way that he's living, and the way that God is providing for him. I've said in the past that as Christians, we need to be mindful of how we live because we might be the only Bible that the people around us read. So I'll pose a question and the question is, what do people around you see when they look at you, when they look at your life, when they look at the work that you do? Do they see Christ in you, or do they see you pretending to be someone that you are not? Abraham had a history, but that history did not define who he was. He had a strategy that him and Sarah had agreed on that wherever they go, he will tell people that Sarah was his sister. And that was not entirely false because he was indeed his sister. But what was more important in this case was that he had taken Sarah as his wife. That meant wife was a higher precedence than sister in this case. But because of the life that he is living, 
we remember in chapter 12 that God blessed Abraham. So chapter 12, verse 1 says, The Lord says to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. You will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All families on earth will be blessed through you. So those that saw him in the land of the Philistines saw the God who was with him. And God was working through him. I'll just digress a, a little bit and uh, take you through a children's devotional that I came across last night. And it goes, A hard rain shower passed, and the sunshine glistened on the grass and on the trees. Then brilliant colors arced the sky. It was still raining lightly as Mabel gazed out the window. Dad, come and see this beautiful rainbow. Dad joined her at the window. Wow, look at that. How does God make rainbows? asked Mabel. Well, when the sun shines, when the sun is behind us and the rain is in front of us, then the rays of the sun pass through the rainbows, Dad said. The water acts like a prism. What's a prism? Mabel asked. I'll show you. Come with me. Dad led the way to his odds and ends drawer. Would you like a rainbow to keep in your room? He asked. Sure, but how? Asked Mabel. Dad smiled and picked up a ball, a ball of string, a scissors, and a small triangular-shaped piece of glass with a hook on the one end. What's that? Mabel asked. Dad held it up. This is a prism. He tied a string to one end of the hook and held it towards Mabel. Cut here. She took the scissors and cut the string. Okay, Dad said. Let's, tenure, let's take this to your room. Mabel was puzzled. What are you going to do with it? Dad smiled and tied the triangular prism piece of glass to the curtain rod in Mabel's room. A moment later, a little rainbow danced on the desk and spilled onto the floor. I love it, Mabel said. Just wait till I tell my friends of my own tiny rainbow. You only have it when the sun is shining, Dad said. The sun is shining through the prism is what make, the sun shining through the prism is what makes the rainbow. He turned and looked at her. Did you know that you are a prism too? Marble laughed. Sorry, Dad, but the sun shining on me just makes shadows. I'm not thinking about the sun in the sky, Dad said. I'm thinking about the Son of God, Jesus. Because you trust in him, he's put his spirit in your heart. His love shining through you will produce something even more beautiful than a rainbow. Through your actions and attitude, people around you will see God's love, joy, and peace. So what do people see when they see your light? Do they see God's love? Do they see his joy or his peace? 
Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 says, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is the salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will only be thrown out and trampled under feet. You underfoot as... Let me try again. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is the salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and it will be tra trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a, on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, they bless it on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine. Let your good deeds shine out so that all who see it will know and praise your Father, your Heavenly Father. So we are given an example of seasoning, which, which when put in food, it changes the flavor of the food uh, very much. If seasoning has no flavor, it has got no value. It can't be used. You, you can't have it in the kitchen. It's just wasting the space. So as Christians, make no effort, if Christians rather, make no effort to affect the world around us, then we are of little value to God. We are like that salt or that seasoning that is in the cupboard and has got no flavor. If we are too much like the world, if we follow the patterns of the world, then we are worthless. We should not blend into the world like everyone else. We should stand out because we are the light and the salt of the world. We should stand out. We should bring out that flavor that is within us. Just as the salt will bring flavor to the food, we need to bring that flavor that is within us and bring that light to the world. The word Christian means an imitator of Christ. It originated, uh, if, I'm not, if I'm not wrong, uh, the early Christians were called little Christ, and it changed to Christians, which means you are Christ-like. And if you are a Christian, but you don't have Christ in you, you are just an Ian. So verse 14 to 16 says, we are the light of the world. Like a city on the hilltop whose light cannot be hidden. If we live in Christ, then our light cannot be hidden. The works that are in us will shine out. They will want to expose ourselves that we are the children of God. We will go into a room full of people of this world, but the, what we have in us will want to explode, will want to shine up that room and show that we have got something greater that is in us. The Bible tells us that greater is he that lives in us than he that is in the world. So whatever room that we work into, we have got that authority, we have got that power to change that room. We have got the power to bring Christ into that room. There's nothing that can stop us. 
We've got a lot of media that comes our way. We've got a lot of books. We've got a lot of uh, TikTok videos. We've got a lot of YouTube clips. Everything is thrown our way and is set out to affect our minds. The, the enemy is out to control our minds. He knows when he gets our minds, he's got us. And I, I, I want to warn us to be aware and to be careful of the things that we expose ourselves to. Because when we go and, 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 and feed on those things, our mind then believes that those things are the right things. But we ought to be feeding ourselves on the word of God. We ought to be weighing and judging the things that we are reading, that we are, we are rooted on the word of God. If someone is coming with a message, weigh that message you have given you've been given the power through the word of god to go in and find the discernment through the word god will speak to you directly when jesus died on the cross and and that veil was torn that that wall that was there between us and god was taken away we can now go straight to god and allow him to to talk to us we can listen to him and hear him speak to us we don't need a third party to speak on our behalf because that power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so... Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. When Jesus was talking at that time, there were false prophets. They were common in the Old Testament. They prophesied what the king wanted to hear. If they prophesied something that the king didn't want to hear, they would, end, they would have ended up on the gallows or thrown into prison. So they prophesied what the king wanted to hear or what the people wanted to hear, claiming that that message was from God. This passage indicates clearly that Jesus, that during the time of Jesus, there were prophets, the false prophets were prevalent, and they are still prevalent today. There are many people that bring a message that appears to be a religious message from God. They claim the message is from God, but that message is their own message to promote their own interests. So Jesus is therefore warning us to be aware of such people. And he says those people are motivated by other things other than his purpose or his mission. They are motivated by the love of money. They are motivated by power. They are motivated by greed or whatever else that motivates them, which is not the will of God. And with the, with the help of the, of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to discern those people. You listen to the message and something within you will tell you that, no, this message is not right. Something is not right with this. And when you hear that something, listen 
It is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Go and double check what go and double check what the word of God says. Don't be reliant on people reading the scripture for you on the television or on, on podcasts. You have got the Bible with you. Go and read and see what the Bible says. The, the devil, when he tempted Jesus, he used the scripture, but he used the scripture to his benefit, to benefit him. It was what is written on the scripture, but it was not the context that it was written. So people will take the word of God and change it so that it fits what they want it to be. So be aware or beware of those people that are shifting the message of Christ for their own self-elevation. Let the light that is in you shine in everything that you do, what you feed on, what you do, how you live your life. But if we're not careful, the light that is, with, that is in us might lose its power because we are focusing on the wrong things. Or we might start to hide our light. How do we hide the light? We hide the light when we are being quiet when we should actually be speaking out. When we see something wrong and say, it's not my place to talk about it. It is your place. You know what is right. You need to speak up. You have not been given the spirit of fear, but you have been given the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So use that. We also dim our light when we go along with the crowd. Say, I, I don't want to be seen to be the old one, but you be the old one standing for what is right, standing for the truth. We'll dim our light when we deny the light itself, when we don't want to un associate ourselves with Christians and say, oh, yeah, I, I know those people, but uh, I'm not part of them. You are part of them because Christ lives in you. We dim the light when we let sin into our lives. Sin will always come into our lives, but we need to quickly repent and not go back to that. We'll also dim our light by not explaining our light to others, how living in Christ helps us or what Christ has done on the cross helps us. And number six, we'll dim the light by ignoring the needs of others. We see people around us struggling and we say, uh, it's not my problem, I've got my own problems. But Jesus teaches us to love one another. Not just one another, even to love our enemies. So as a beacon of light, or as a beacon of truth, do not shut your light from the rest of the world. Let your light shine so that the world will see the Christ in you and glorify God. I did say earlier that I was digressing a little bit. I, I'm coming back now to the passage. 
So verse 23 of Genesis 21 says, Now therefore, swear to me by God that you'll not deal falsely with me, with my offspring or with, with my posterity, but according to the kindness that I've done to you, you will do to me and to the land which, I've, which you have dwelt. And Abraham said, I'll swear. So when we trust in God, our God is a faithful God. He keeps his promises. So when we trust in him, we have got confidence in a God that keeps promises. And we have got that confidence to keep our promises too because our God that promised is, is faithful. So Abraham, uh, Abimelech rather, comes to the old Abraham who was deceitful. And he says, I know your ways. I don't want you to do the same thing to me again. So let's make a treaty. The old Abraham would have found a, a way around it. But this Abraham that we see here immediately says, I will swear. Abimelech knew that he, Abraham couldn't be trusted. So he wanted to ensure that there was peace between him and, 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 and the people, the, the Philistines that he, he ruled. So the new Abraham has got the confidence, he's got the faith, his faith in God has grown. He therefore swears that he will not deal falsely with him. And he proves his oath by his actions. Abraham trusts God's promises so he can make and keep a promise to Abimelech. He does this by his honest living and that honest living serve to bless Abimelech. When we go back to uh, chapter 12, it says everyone will be blessed through Abraham. So like Abraham, we, we are living in, a challenge, in, in challenging times. We are between promises that were given and the fulfillment of those promises. Everywhere that we look, there are threats around us. There are physical threats and there are spiritual threats. The Bible tells us that we have a, a home where there will be no more danger or threats of danger, or any suffering. But we are not there yet. So while we're still waiting, we have to live amongst those threats. We have to live amongst those dangers. But a time is coming. We have got a promise, a certain promise. In Isaiah 65, 17, it says, Look, I'm creating new heavens and a new earth, and no one will ever, will even think about the old ones anymore. Be glad, rejoice forever in my creation. Look, I'll create, I'll create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. I'll rejoice over Jerusalem and delight in my people. And the sound of weeping and crying will be heard in it no more. And Second Peter 3 verse 11 says, Since we have everything around us, since everything around us is going to be destroyed like like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. 
look forward to the day, to the day of God and hurrying along it, hurrying it along. On that day, he will set heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth he has promised. A world filled with God's righteousness. And dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peacefully, peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is, our, this is what our beloved Paul, brother Paul also wrote about. Wrote to you. Sorry. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him. So if you read the, the letters that Paul has written, they'll give you all the insight of what is to come. And they give you the direction of how you ought to live your life while you're waiting for what is to come. But Peter tells us here that some people have changed it so that it suits their needs. It takes us back to that verse that we're talking about where Jesus is talking about false prophets. So we see it that people have changed the word of God to suit their needs or, 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 or to, to, to uh, cover what they want or what they think is the right thing. So we, we have got that promise that we, we know it is coming. But we need to live an honorable life. We see that in verse 25 uh, where Abraham rebuke, rebukes Abimelech because of the well. Abimelech says he knew nothing about it. However, in that case, Abraham does the noble thing. He pays for the well by giving Abimelech sheep and oxen. He doesn't want any tension between, between the two of them. So he, he does that by making an oath and paying for the well to say, I mean good for, I mean, I mean good for this. At that time, they were what we could call nomads. They, they depended on, on the land, and that land had, had to have water because without water, their people would suffer, their animals would suffer. So they def desperately needed to have wells wherever they lived. And this well, Abraham had dug, had dug so that it provided a lifeline for his people, for his livestock. God has given us wells within us. And those wells are to provide a, a, a livelihood for the people that are around us. We ought to share what God has put in our hearts. We ought to let that light that I was talking about to bring light into the darkness that we live in. And we need to ensure that we are living in peace with those that are around us. That is the honorable thing to do. Paul in Romans 12 writes, Live in harmony with each other. 
Don't be proud. Enjoy the company of, of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with evil, with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay, I'll pay back. I'll pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing what is good. Sometimes we fail to see our own growth because we live in the same skin day in, day out. So it would be quite difficult. I've got two boys there. It would be quite difficult for me to tell how much they've grown. But someone who doesn't live with us will come in and say, oh, haven't your boys grown? But because I live with them on a daily basis, I don't see that growth. The same happens with our faith. Because we live in our skins, we don't see our growth. But like Abraham, if we continue to trust in God's promises, we are growing through them slowly. This should encourage us. And verse 33 tells us that Abraham planted a tamarisk tree and called on the name of the Lord. This is a sign that Abraham is growing and his faith is in God. He makes that treaty and he worships God for, for what God has done. So as Christians, we ought to continually worship Christ. No matter what we may be facing, we need to constantly worship him. So you might be facing a storm, you might be facing an illness, you might be facing a job loss, or whatever you may be going through. I want you to know this morning that God wants to go through that with you. He doesn't want you to go it alone. He wants to hold you closer to him. No matter what you have done in the past, he is a God that loves us and forgives us. He says, come as you are. If you feel you've drawn away from him, or if you've never met that relationship with, with him, today is the opportunity to do that. Come and speak to one of us or speak to whoever you might have come up, will come in with this morning, and they will guide you in making that step to becoming a child of God. just want to close with prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that it is like a double-edged sword cutting through bone and marrow, separating soul and spirit. 
Lord, we pray that as, 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 as we have heard your word, Lord God, let it work in us. Let it help us to grow. Lord, may we know your truth and may we know your path. Lord, whatever situation we may be going through this morning, Lord, we exalt your name. For your name, Lord God, is above any situation that we may ever go through. Father, we pray this morning, Lord, that you meet us at our point of need. Lord, I pray for those that are, are struggling this morning. Lord God, be it health, be it emotional stress. Lord, I just pray that you will meet them at their point of need. That, Lord God, you'll make a way even where there seems to be no way. Lord, we want to thank you for this opportunity to come before you. Lord, you say to come to you, all of us who are heavily burdened, and you'll give us rest. Lord, we come this morning as we are, and we lay it all at your feet. We say, Lord, let your name be exalted. Let your name be lifted on high. For, Lord, you are the God of honor. You are the God of glory, and nothing is too difficult for you. Lord, we worship you, and we adore you. We pray, Lord God, your blessing on each and every one of us, Lord God. As we head out, Lord God, in this week, oh Father, we pray, oh Lord, that your light will shine in each and every one of us, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for those difficult situations in work, oh Father, where, Lord God, people are finding it difficult to raise their heads. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you will give them, oh Father, the, 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 the boldness, oh Father, to be able to stand, oh Father. Because, Lord God, you say it in your word, oh Father, that you'll never leave us, nor forsake us, O oh Father. So, Lord, I pray, O oh Father, that in those situations, that, Lord God, we will know that you are there, that, Lord God, you, you are fighting for us, O oh Father. Lord, I just pray, O oh Father, for our children, Lord God, that, O oh Father, as they go out this week, O oh Lord God, they will go with you, O oh Father, that, Lord God, you will protect them, O oh Father, that, Lord God, whatever they are taught, Lord God, in, in, in their schools, O oh Father, that, Lord God, it will be the teaching that is right, O oh Father. Lord, we pray, O oh Father, that, Lord, you take charge and you take control, O oh God. Lord, we live in a difficult world, O oh Father. Lord, where everything is turning against us, O oh Lord God. But, Lord, our hope is in you. Our trust is in you, O oh Lord. Father, we pray your protection, Lord God. We pray everywhere we go, Lord God, go before us, O oh Lord God. Command your angels, as you say in your word, O oh Father, that you command your angels pertaining us. They will lift us up and not allow our foot to touch a stone. So, Lord, be our God. Be our defender. Lord, you are our only source of refuge. So, Lord, we run to you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.